Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast, where I am going to take you into a deep exploration of what it means to exist in this current reality. We are going to raise your vibes, open your mind, expand your heart, and dive deep into the wondrous mysteries and possibilities of this lifetime. There's been a spiritual catalyst that has set in motion the awakening process of many across the globe to return to the knowingness of self and unite what has been separated. Together, we're going to bring light into that darkness. We're going to remember the joy of living. But most of all, we're going to turn up the volume of our own eternal power and do the thing we're here to do. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. You know what we've got tonight. We have Mary Ducina back on the show for our full moon in Aquarius. She's going to give us the down low on everything that's happening on August 11th here. It is our last super moon of 2022, and it's pretty intense because it's hitting the degrees that we just had that Uranus and Mars and North Node conjunction on. So, Mary, you know, you don't need any introduction. You just show up in all your glory. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you. My favorite word, glory and grace. Thank <laughs> you, beautiful Taurus Diva, our beautiful captain leader, Nicole. Thank you. And hello, audience. And first and foremost, Nicole and I want to join as, as polarity science and just breathe for a moment, just breathe for a moment and bask in this wonderful frequency of the light of the stars the sun in Leo, which is our great star of the Milky Way galaxy, as Nicole and I also send out our frequencies and the radiations of light and love. Just just breathe that in for a moment. I'd just like you to take a pause for the cause as Nicole and I give you gratitude for truly the win-win of the abundance of this moment. Holy I am, beloved ancestors and elders, archangels, seraphim, sacred guardian guides. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the empowerment of the light and our ability to be able to share and empower others with the love of light. And so it is. Just wanted to start it with that. It is a full moon after all. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, how the heck are you doing, uh, Mary? I'm doing good. I've, you know, I'm like you. I've, I've got a lot of fixed signs and a dose of Aquarius in my chart. So one of the beauties of astrology that I tell my clients and anyone that hangs out with me, friends, lovers, or whatever, they have to be involved in in a little bit of the cosmic conditions, is that each one of the new moons and full moons amplifies a certain slice of our star map or a zone or what we technically refer to as a house. And so in the third week of July, when the sun came home, because the sun's harbor is the royal regal sign of Leo, the lion, lioness, and Leo is Latin for lion. So when it came home to its harbor, its one most powerful place of all the 12 zodiacal spices, Leo is strongest and happiest when it comes home in its planetary star of the sun. So for each of us in the third week of July, 
Leo in our own personal natal chart called the Nativity, the Leo house, the Leo slice, the Leo zone, whether you have any planets in Leo or not, you can have an empty slice. You can have just the room of Leo. But before you complicate everything, astrology and the star language can be simple if you just look at which one of the signs flavors is featured this month, like an ice cream flavor. Leo is the featured ice cream flavor. So Leo flavors are the strongest in all of our star charts, regardless of what our sun sign, moon sign, rising sign is. It starts to take on more of an intense flavor if we happen to be a Leo, happy birthday, happy solar return, or your moon in Leo, or your rising sign ascendant in Leo. So when we have the new moon, which we did over the 28th, the sun and the moon meet up in the sky in double the flavor of Leo, and so they are actually what we call marrying or kissing in the land of light, because Leo is the great light. The sun is the great luminary of our galaxy of the Milky Way. And so even though everybody's talking about the triple conjunction of Mars and Uranus at 18, 19 degrees and the North Node, and it's going to be bouncing around with that North Node until we get to February of 2023. So there is a Taurus topping on our Leo flavored ice cream cone. So for those of you out there that for all of us, for all of us, we need to look at the houses, the zone of Taurus, fixed earth, and Leo, fixed fire. So where the dessert, meaning if we want to get the empowerment message, instead of us trying to be control freaks and direct everything, or as they say in Psychology 101, if you're too attached to the outcome of a scenario or a situation, you got to let that go because the fixed signs can be controlling. Taurus, fixed earth, Leo, fixed fire, Aquarius, fixed air, where our full moon is, our supermoon, and Scorpio, fixed water. So if a lot of stuff is going on in fixed earth and fixed fire, the missing link or the additional maybe the base of the ice cream bowl or the ice cream cone then would be the Scorpio because here we're going to have a supermoon, the fourth and final supermoon of 2022. We're going to have a supermoon in Aquarius. The ice cream flavor or the main flavor of the month, the most refreshing flavor is Leo. That's where the light gets in. So any darkness or any some of our most closely guarded secrets or deepest desires or, or, or the deepest held emotionals where we can be guarded. Leo's coming in with waves of life on that, light on that. It's like in your life, let the light come in. Just let the light raise. Like you'll see the, the clouds cover the sun sometimes at the beach or when you're hiking and all of a sudden there's those wonderful light rays that burst forth. And I call those angel slides. When I was a little kid, I was like, oh, look, there's the slides of light the angels are riding down. So what we have is a quickening. That's what we have as a quickening. There is an awakening, a quickening, and we're getting uh, chakra tune-ups, just like a car. We'd go in and take it in for a tune-up. How's everything going with my car? So we're getting a calibration. You know, we used to, like, have to reset the, the alternator or the cal- recalibrate things. But it's calibrations of light upon our deepest, most sincere emotions, needs, and desires. So that's why we need to pause for the cause of us and our desires, not, not just catch our breath, 
but focus and recognize how glorious our inhale is. You know, I like, like breathe in like you're entering an elevator and you, you come out on a certain floor, like maybe the ground floor, they call it, that's Taurus. And as you're beginning to go up in the elevator, that's, how, that's when you're going to breathe in. You're going to inhale as you're going up the elevator to your destination. And as the elevator pauses on the way up to whatever floor you're going on and other people are getting on, getting off, that's when you begin to pause and exhale. And then when you get all the way to the top where your destination is, we often do this unconsciously, start exhaling a little more completely, a little fuller. Yeah, just let it out a little more. Push it out even when you can have that moment that you don't feel like you look like a freak to other people. You know, just like really push that out. When we exhale and we put a deliberation behind that, we can exhale releasing what we no longer want to be pestered by, attached to, haunted with. So the exhale is releasing it. And what we inhale with intention and deliberation and joining our intuition to in the inhalation, that's what we're beginning to give seed and life to. So we got seeded with light in the third week of July. Now, as we approach the 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, I do see this because it's a supermoon in the final one of being an easy three to four day bloom of a full moon. And it's going to be on Eastern Daylight Time. It's going to occur on the 11th. 9.36 tonight, 9.36 Eastern Daylight Time. Calculate your time zone from that. So you look at the number of the eight. A lot of people have been talking since July about um, Sirius rising, the rising of Sirius and 8.8, eight, the lion's portal opening up and, and, and Regulus, the heart of the lion, the star at the heart of the lion. So we have two numbers here at this full moon in numerology, the eight, which is the infinity, and in numerology, Eight is expansive. So be careful with those sour moods or be careful with those fears or be careful with those little, uh, you know, verbal grumblings because eight expands. It's up to you what you're expanding. Are you expanding fear? Are you expanding insecurity? Are you expanding frustration? So take note of the fact as the moon is waxing and building in light tonight that you want to now add light, put light on the pastures of what you want to see bear fruit and good crop to. And then we have the 11th of August. So it's August 8th, 11th, and 11 is Master Teacher. So I really feel four signs especially are receiving more of this magical manifest awakening, of course, Taurus, because they've got this impact, this, this triple conjunction that hasn't happened since Alexander the Great's times. So this is about choosing our battles wiser. You know, Leo's the hero. Leo's the white knight. Leo's the princess that survives. Leo is the knight that serves his king or his queen with his life commitment. So the, the light of the lion and Regulus, the star that's rising with the, with the serious portal, like the raising of the Nile in Egypt, which is why all that's celebrated at this time of year. So the Leo is saying, let there be light. Even the first part of the Bible, and God said, let there be light. And the next sentence, and there was light. So this is about if you looked at your third eye, if you looked at the eyes of your heart, if you start to become more cognizant of your intentions and you're able to literally be Hermione from Harry Potter and wave your magic wand knowing that you're responsible for what you're casting life into, then where would you like to cast light? It can be that you cast the light 
onto your own self? Where might I be emboldened? Where might I receive the gifts of light? Where do I feel like I could have more courage? Where might I loosen the grip of the Taurus conjunction that says, I don't care if it doesn't serve me well. I don't care if it's a bad habit. It's familiar. It's the part of me that I can recognize and count on and predict. I know I eat too much. I know I shop too much. I know I don't eat enough. I know that I don't take care of my health. I know I drink too much. I know blah, blah, whatever it is. I know I complain too much. I know I play the victim. But see, the one thing about the shadow side of Taurus is they like it because it's predictable. It's in a crazy world. The Taurus factor is where we think, well, it may be a bad habit if at least I know me that way. So the Leo with the Taurus says, honey, it served its purpose, darling. It served its purpose. You're not attached to that. That's not the only you. You're multidimensional. You're multifaceted. And it's the most wonderful full moon of the year, Aquarius, Aquarius. It's a supermoon in Aquarius joining Saturn, the Lord of Karma that says, break the chains. This is that moon. This is the supermoon in Aquarius aligning with Saturn at the 18th to the 19th degree. And Aquarius is the stars and Leo is the great star. So that yang polarity of electricity says, look up, honey. Don't just see the darkness. The stars are here to shine for you. So it's a time to break it, let go and, and embrace Embrace your good karma, because that's what this is. I'm not saying it's not going to be shocking for some people. I'm not saying it won't be some of the most unusual. Well, I mean, you've got, you've got Uranus sitting uh, yep. next to the sun, <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yep. you know, opposing the moon in Aquarius. What are what are some of the impacts of that, of like having Uranus? Well, so, okay, so to your point, so Uranus is forming a 90 degree square to the supermoon. In Aquarius, and Uranus is is forming the other 90-degree square to the sun in Leo, so Leo's starlight. Taurus is our gorgeous, gorgeous Mother Earth, our true biological mother, the Earth, Mother Nature. But Uranus rules the sign of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. So Uranus is kind of weak, even though it's been there since 2018. It's not weak when it bumps up against something, you know, like Mars is in Taurus. Taurus Tor- and Mars in Taurus, fuel, force, The force of Mars is weak right now. Mars is not well-placed in Taurus, but it's fortified and amplified because Uranus is there as well. And both of those planets, if we didn't know what sign they were in, both of those planets indicate accelerated momentum, okay? Accelerate shock and awe, signs and wonders. So here we have the full moon, supermoon, in the sign that Uranus rules, okay? So Uranus and Taurus is squaring that. Now, for me... Uh, the way I've taught and learned astrology and continue to learn astrology for the last 35 years is that Uranus electrifies and brings us options. We may, when, we, when people say things like, oh, that's an epiphany, or oh, I never looked at it like that before, that's Aquarius. So the, the Uranus factor, the shock and awe, um, signs and wonders, is the Uranus in Taurus in a, in a square a 90 degree means the lesson lies within us. When it's an opposition, like, like, if Uranus was opposing, it would be Scorpio. So, so Uranus is in Taurus right now, even though it rules Aquarius. So I don't want to get too complicated, but it's a square factor. So what's happening is something within us, the shell of the egg is breaking. And the creature inside the egg, the turtle, the snake, the chick and the egg, they're going to be able to break free. So our, yes. it's finally that time 
that where we were held back, it's not an evil thing that the chick is in the egg or the snake or the, or the turtle, you know, the sea turtle, but the egg is going to crack. But isn't that a process? Isn't that a laboring to get out of there? Yeah. You're, you're confirming everything that I've been getting myself around what's happening right now, because thank you, you know, in, in the last few videos that I've done, I, and I, and I mean, I've been leading up to this, but it just feels like this Uranus North node conjunction with Mars is kind of like, now it's, it's go time. It's, it it doesn't mean you have to have it all figured out, but it's time to start. That's the key right there. No, but, and what you people... said there, what you said, Mary, sorry, the uh, whatever's holding you back, that is another key phrase that I've also gotten too. is like, whatever has been holding you back, it's time to break free of that. It's time to move forward from that. That's exactly correct. That's 100%. And I wanted to emphasize what you said. It isn't that we have to have it all figured out. When you say it's time to let go, it's time to move forward. Again, if we just look at the planet, they're in a lineup, you know, that started hitting that lineup, you know, that triple conjunction that was happening at the new moon. The North Node is about our, our evolutionary process and the epiphanies of our soul, our higher aspects of this, of this lifetime's walkabout, you know, the mission statement of this walkabout. So lots of answers are coming, lots of answers that we say, why is this and why me, God, and what's my purpose? And uh, don't hold on to your hat because <laughs> hold on to your, your jeans and your necklaces and there's going to be wings on your ankles because Aquarius rules the ankles and the, and the circulation system, Leo's the heart, you know, the eyes of the heart and the spine, you know, so it's like the heart's like, now I'm going to speak, you know, your mind can run all over the place and you can suppose this and you can wonder that, but when the heart says, that's it, that's so, it. So basically what we've got then is the ankles, the heart and the throat all getting activated right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now remember Scorpio, the Scorpio factor is just the South node because the node, the nodes are always opposite each other because mm-hmm. they represent karmic dynamics of the ecliptic path of the moon. So see Scorpio's in the background right now. Now think about this. So Scorpio right now is in the background. So the Scorpio factor is saying, let it die, let it go. Um, so our dreams and dreaming of people that are deceased or animals or people or, or um, re, like digging up past relationships for psychological references so we don't repeat those patterns. Even Scorpio is helping us right now saying, been there, done that. Don't do it that way again, because you just keep attracting the same type of problem or partner. So the, the Taurus, yes, Taurus is the throat and, and the thyroid and the voice, because people think their voice comes out of their mouth, but it doesn't. It's the larynx. It's the throat. So easily we could psychologically say, find your voice, speak your mind, say only what you mean, and then mean what you say. This isn't a time to be given out. Uh, vacuous words. This isn't a time to just think your words are going to buy you a pass. And if you don't follow through with action, you're going to sustain a loss. This is not a time where you think you can just BS somebody and be a player and laugh about what a great verbal manipulator you are. Oh, hell no. That's not going to work. I am. Um, yeah. I see it like um, with, uh, I, I love that what you just said. I see it kind of like definitely speak from your heart or let your heart speak. Okay, let the yes. voice of your heart speak and then Only. start taking steps to make it happen. You know, and like that's with, the Aquarius. Yes. The leap of faith, the leap of faith is Aquarius, the wings on our ankles, the mm-hmm. Achilles heel. The, the, the leap of faith is Aquarius 
and the courage and to be emboldened to do so, even though we might be shaking and nervous inside, the, the, the courage to do so is the lion, to be lion-hearted, brave-hearted. You know, it's got to do with the lion saying, yes, life is a jungle. Yes, every day we have to, to hunt to find what, it, what, what is it that will satisfy me? Why am I not satisfied? Maybe I'm hungry, you know, like in the real jungle. Maybe I have cubs to feed. But in the, in the lion's jungle, you know, a pride of lions, the lioness does most of the work. She's the main hunter. The, the lion, the male lion, the masculine lion keeps the order of the pride. And this full moon has a very interesting creature to it. It's known as the sturgeon full moon. So I was studying that thinking, what do I, what do I know about that animal told him? I need to look that up. So if you look it up on DuckDuckGo or Google, a sturgeon is similar to a salmon, but it's not a salmon. A sturgeon spends part of its life in freshwater. So we're, here we are, timeline jumping and, and, and in between two worlds, multidimensional, multi-universal. And it also ends up in salt water. Unlike a salmon, a sturgeon does not die once it spawns, like salmons do. Like they have that big fight to go breed, you know, so, certain times of the year. And a sturgeon is still considered a dinosaur. Oh, really? So here's, yeah, here's the tar. Yeah, that's your homework, audience. Go look up the sturgeon as a medicine totem. So the sturgeon, the sturgeon... They still consider it a, a living dinosaur. So the sturgeon doesn't die when it spawns, when it mates, like the salmon does, where it's similar to the salmon, is that it spends part of its life in freshwater, which, not, you know, some fish are just freshwater, saltwater, but it can also spend part of its life in saltwater. So here's multiverse worlds right there, freshwater, saltwater. That's fascinating to me. It's dual. It's dual, like I can exist in both worlds, and it's considered a living dinosaur. And, and if you study the sturgeon further, unlike salmon, which some cultures like to eat, you know, um, the, the raw salmon, um, lox, as they call it, but the sturgeon is best eaten raw if people eat it at all. But it's a very fascinating creature. So your homework for this full moon, see what you feel when you're, I mean, it caught me right off when I thought, oh, it's a living dinosaur. I didn't know that. If I did, I don't remember that. And then also that it could exist in both the embryonic waters of Mother Earth, salt waters are death and life waters of Mother Earth. And it's interesting that also fresh water. So I think about like baptism in a river or a lake. And then I think about salt water, the embryonic life-giving waters, like the effluvia of the womb. It's just interesting. You know, the ocean has so much death and life that's happening simultaneously. So the tarot card of the Aquarian supermoon is the star card because the star, and once again, we're going back to the light, luminous light. The sun, the sun card is number 19 in the tarot, and the sun card has to do with the inner child. So there are incredible creative uh, insights that are coming forth with this. It's like there, there might be a shaking up due to Uranus and the North Node and Mars, but it's like, it's like next level. It's like the old ways are giving way, if will not interfere, to the new paradigms of consciousness. And the star card, you know, the, the sun is a star. So we've got the star card, and she's got the urn. She's got one foot in the traditional deck. She's got one foot on top of the water. In the Rider Waite deck, and the Pamela Coleman Smith deck, the traditional tarot deck, the star is kneeling. She's acquiescing. She's genuflecting. She's kneeling. One of her feet is sitting on top of the water. The other is on the land. And she's actually pouring, if you stare at that card, 
She's taking the electrified water from the stars and she's giving it back to the pool of water. She's giving water back like she becomes the living fountain. She becomes the giver of life. She's not just taking from a pond like people might do with an urn or a bucket or at a well to get some life-giving much-needed water for thirsty souls or thirsty bodies. She's pouring it back into the water and one the other urn is on the land. So she's giving back. It's like the old Christmas carol, you know, joy to the world, let heaven and nature sing, let mm-hmm. heaven and nature sing. So she's giving life waters back to that pond of originality and also onto the earth. And the sun and the traditional Pamela Coleman Smith artist, Rider Waite deck, even in the Golden Dawn deck, the child, a little toddler is, is in their birthday suit and they're on top of a big white horse. And there's four sunflowers behind facing behind the child, and it's bareback on the horse. The child is bare, and the child is riding bareback on the horse. And toddlers don't tend to do this. If you look at little human toddlers, the child has the legs extended full out and the arms extended full out, and there's this huge red orange like banner. Uh, sash coming forth from the child, but the child is looking directly at you from the tarot card with just total trust, total vulnerability. So it's the innocent lamb of a beautiful child at that toddler age. The horse, when you look at the Rider Waite deck, and I've taught my students over years, look what's looking directly at you or away from you. Is it looking right or left? Is it looking down? Is it got it back turned to you? What's looking directly at you? As you look at that card and that horse is looking at you like, yeah, mess with this kid. And it's the last thing you'll ever do. So the horse is the guardian. The horse is the horsepower is the guardian. The white horse is is the guardian, which white horses are often associated with the knights of, of regal and chivalry and honor of intention. The archangel of this supermoon in tandem with the sun in Leo, because at the full moon, the sun is in Leo and the moon is in the polarity opposite sign of Aquarius. Both yang signs, both star light, lights of the darkness, the full moon and the stars. So the archangel is Uriel, and that's spelled U as in unlimited, R as in ready, I, E as in energy, L as in love. Uriel means limitless light when you go back to the Hebraic and the Aramaic. And Uriel is often associated with the land of Ur, U-R, is the land of light, because the U-R means light. And whenever you see in in Aramaic or Hebraic names, because I've studied angelology, the L is with God or of God or one with God. So the U-R means limitless light, one with God. The limitless light of God is Uriel. And Uriel is often mentioned in angelology, hanging out with Michael, Archangel Michael. So the colors of Uriel being limitless light are the radiating gold tones. And Aquarius's most dominant color shield of protection is what I like to call like royal blue or ultramarine blue, the really rich, bright, kick it up, vibrant blues like you'll see it in glass. They call it cobalt blue Mm. in glass. So for all of us, regardless of our sign, when you want to get the benefits of the current celestial transits, like I've been wearing more gold and I've been wearing more brilliant blues, cobalt blues, royal blues, ultramarine blues, but I've been kicking it up with gold because I know I'm 
at this full moon, I'm, I'm bringing on the, the gold and the purple and the violets of Leo. Now I'm incorporating the bright, bold colors of Aquarius. But the number one bold care, color for Aquarius is that royal, bright, like, whoa, can't miss that color of blue. So it's that it's our, we're doing quantum leaps right now. And it's, it's an evolutionary enlightenment phase for all of us. It's evolutionary. I mean, it's, it's again, to Nicole's point, there's a lot of, when I say shock and awe, that can be really delicious too. You know, you can just be running down the road to buy gas, or you can be running into a little dollar store to get some baggies or something because you realized you were out of them or you're going to the store to get a pie crust. And all of a sudden you just, boom, connect with somebody. Like, you're just like, whoa, that's a nice energy. And spirit moved us on the chessboard of fate to be in that right place, right time. So there, I, I fully expect before February of next year that we'll be talking by the second month of 2023 of our tribe gathering. They're really meant to be anchors and the spokes of our tribal wheel. Like you think about a medicine wheel, you think about your astrological wheel, you think about the wheel of the year, the great turning of the wheel with the 12 months and the yeah. four seasons. And I believe that there is a cosmic congruency of grace that we're now going to link up and align with our true sisters and, and starry brothers. And our there's, there's a whole wave coming in all into 2023, starting with this supermoon of who we're meant to be with, both in league with friends with who's got your back and who's there for you as your hero, what hero we want to be for them and, and the love of our life. I just, I, I see it. I feel Ooh, it. It's there. I love that. And also, yeah. you know, with Pluto is making a trine to Mars um, during yeah. the, this full moon. And I think to me, I see that as an opportunity for people to really dig deep into where they're going to take their actions. Like there's a lot of healing and energy from Pluto, like going really deep, like, like going into the places where even if it's uncomfortable, you're going to dig deep and you're going to take the action anyway. Well, one of our references back on August 3rd, we had Mercury move into earth. We had Mercury move into Virgo. So that Mercury's our thoughts, our belief system. Your mind is the door. Mm. Your mind is the door of it says, oh, yes, I'll accept it. Or, oh, no, I don't believe in that. You, I only like you if you think like this and you believe like this and you take the action. So a, pre- a prejudicial mind is reactive. It's not proactive. A reactive mind only repeats what mainstream media is telling you or just a doctor is telling you or, or you know, the, that certain culture or religion is telling you. If you don't say this and you don't do what the current society popularity is, on TikTok, YouTube, whatever, Telegram, if you don't act like this, then you're not in the club and we reject you, you know, that kind of a thing. And it starts this ramping up of anger and shame and blame. And it's like, "Mm, and what part of spiritual are you to judge me? Yeah. yeah, Okay. So, so back on the third Mercury entered Virgo and that starts to soften the Pluto and Capricorn plus Pluto's retrograde and, and, and all that Taurus stuff, it starts to help us really get grounded and say, I don't have to believe like anybody else believes. I need to go to my heart and I need to feel my, my, when my soul rises and I have the inner smile and my heart smiles and said, yes, darling, that's it. Look how you feel. Look how your stomach's not upset. Look at how you're the perfect body temperature right now. Your body is your instrument. Play it well play it well. Don't let other people abuse the beautiful instrument of your earth vessel. You know, we go out and we buy these really expensive 
smartphone cases, you know, or we'll go get ourselves one of our little, you know, our little, you know, pad, you know, we like to read our books on an iPad now, and we go out and we get a really good case or cover for that. Well, my earth vessel, I'm going to respect my vessel, and I want to make sure I have protective covering on my vessel. So make no mistake about it. Part of this full moon going into the next new moon on August the 27th is how you protecting that earth vessel of yours. Got a smart case for that? You know, there's no accident why the cells of your body are, are spelled C-E-L-L, and your cell phone is spelled C-E-L-L, and it has malware and viruses, and it's running programs in the background, mm. and maybe you need to get rid of some apps, which is short for applications. Maybe it's time you recalibrate some of that within you, and you don't want to give other people permission to do that on you, to you, within you, you need to be the musician that plays the beauty of your instrument. And then on August 8th, over the 7th and 8th, Mars and Taurus, to your point, Nicole, was in uh, Mars, Mars and Taurus over the 7th squared off. There's that 90 degree about what, what were we resisting looking at. When it's a square, which is Taurus to Leo, Taurus to Aquarius, when it's a square, we might be the stubborn ones. We might be the ones that are going, I don't want to do that like a little kid. Sit down at the dinner table, and then you'll get to have your dessert. I don't want to. Wham, 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 wham. That's what we did when we were little. So on August the 8th, Venus in Cancer, emotions, dig deep, inner child stuff, mommy, daddy issues. We all have it. Anybody that tells you that their childhood was perfect, it's like, yeah, okay, I'll wait till you wake up, and we'll talk again. So Venus in Cancer opposed Pluto and Capricorn. Whenever you think about Pluto, do this. Deep level emotional epiphanies and excavations that have to happen. There are emotional earthquakes. And when there's an earthquake, Mother Earth cracks. There's fissures and fracture lines and cracks. And so over August 8th into this full moon of the 11th, there were things cracking and shaking and trembling and opening and say, you done with that yet? You done acting like that the same way all the time? So between the 11th and the 14th, we have the full moon, super moon, Venus entering Leo tonight with the full moon. Venus mm-hmm. is entering Leo. Zero and so degrees. then I, I love the, oh my God, Venus, Venusian, Aphrodite in line with the sun, more light, you know, star card. Yay. Mm-hmm. So, so Venus and the sun and Leo are looking at Saturn and Aquarius, the polarity, the opposite sign. This is male. This is masculine. This is yang. It's electrical, it's dynamic, it can be shocking, it can be lightning bolt realizations and epiphanies and enlightenment. So I believe from what started to, to reverberate as Venus goes into Leo between the 11th and the 20th of August, when Mars goes into Gemini, when Mars goes into Gemini and we stop all that 90 degree going on with the fixed signs and we start to intermutable dynamics, I feel when that starts to happen because Mars is going to retrograde this year and it's going to be popping around all the way into next year because of the retrogrades to like May, March of next year. So as Mars enters Gemini, we've got a new view and a way out on a situation that we didn't know if we would ever heal it, feel it, seal it in light and be able to walk away from it. So I got to tell you, yeah, I got to tell you of all the signs right now, it's like this is the time Taurus is going to be taking the risk. And Leo's going to be, now's the time to move on. Aquarius is almost to myself, from myself, going, told you so. You ready to listen yet? So it's nobody else saying, told you so. 
It's, it's, it's our higher self saying, will you take my hand now? Will you take the hand of light yet? And then with Scorpio, Scorpio's in the background right now. Mars is going to retrograde right as we come into Samhain Halloween. So the Scorpio kick it up starts to happen, at, you know, right around Samhain Halloween. So the Scorpio, it's coming. It's coming. And it's going to be our grade card. It's going to be like, how'd you do? How'd you do? That's when Pluto comes up. That's Pluto rules Scorpio. So that's when that whole mystery is going to come up to say, I'm going to haunt your ass if you don't deal with this when it's easier right now as we're in summer. Yeah. So well, it's trick wanna, or treats early. You want to go through the signs since uh, sure, we're kind of sure, going there sure. right now? Yep, absolutely. So for Aquarius, and I'm going to start with Aquarius yeah. because the supermoon's in Aquarius. So this supermoon, and, and when I tell you this, this supermoon, it's not just a supermoon. Let's keep this in mind as we start all the signs. This is a supermoon in line. Always the conjunction is the strongest. This supermoon is meeting up with Saturn Mm -hmm. at that degree of Aquarius because Saturn's retrograde. It went retrograde at 22. And so right now, those people that have that birthday around 21 degrees back to 18 degrees of Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, and Scorpio. Okay, we're not going to elaborate too much on that. But I want you to realize now at this supermoon, here's the way we look at the full moon supermoon. What we all need to take a pause to look deeper at between August 11th and August 14th, 15th is Saturn and the Aquarian factor saying, we're going to open up the portal. It isn't just the Lionsgate portal that opened up on 8-8. I'm going to open up where you've been blocked. I'm going to open up and show you the light at the end of the tunnel. You can lead the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So the benevolence of light is going to say, this is how you escape that same Bullshit, bullshit. This is how you get out of it. I'm going to show you how to get out of the cage, okay? So for Aquarius, it's first house. Spotlight's on you. So Saturn in Aquarius is saying, wait a minute, now i got some extra light for you. This, this full moon's a super moon, and the moment we start hitting sunset twilight, the moon's rising. It's closer to the Earth, and it's, it's powerful. Now, the moon in Aquarius, like Aquarius, they don't tend to get all strung out by their feelings and their emotions. Aquarius and Virgo can detach from their emotions and their feelings and just want to cut to the chase kind of a thing. That's why Aquarians can make people crazy because Aquarius is like, I am not going to throw a temper tantrum with you. I'm not going to sit here and yell at you. I'm not going to sit here and yell with you. I'm not doing it. See ya. So Aquarius can go aloof, which is why a lot of signs get angry. So do you understand how we can not get all caught up in the feels and realize that we've got some ability to step back from the usual psychological, emotional quagmires and be able to get some good logic and some good starlight on this. So if you're an Aquarius, this is a really powerful time for you to be able to deal with that family member or deal with what was something at the work or what was something uh, with a commitment that you need to say, you know what, I'm only interested in a win-win situation. So if you can't go there, let me be the first to make it easier and I'll exit stage left. Hmm. So for Aquarius, it's like they're going to be able to show the strength of their personality without wanting to judge or hurt or maim or shame anybody. But if you're pushing an Aquarian right now the wrong way, they're going to go. They're going to give you some space to yourself. It's going to be like, you know what? You think you get all figured out? Let me give you some more time to do that. If you're a Pisces, this is a very, very powerful moon psychically. Your full focus needs to be on what, if anything, 
is eclipsing your wellness? Where are you not facing or dealing with or implementing some new ideas holistically or health-wise? It's hard to admit when we get addicted to that sleeping pill or that pain pill or or, or I don't I get all wonky if I don't have my wine or if I don't have my pot or whatever it is or I don't get to have my dessert at four o'clock or whatever. So I just want to say to Pisces, your angels are very close. If there has been a difficult medical scenario uh, around you, Pisces, if there's something that you feel like that in your darkest time, your mate or your family let you down, stop throwing your power to get well outside yourself. I can't believe my mother abandoned me. I can't believe my mate cheated on me and I've been having this stomach issue or I've been having cancer. I've been having all this kind of stuff. Get your eyes off them and, and physician heal thyself. Turn it around and start doing what you need to do because Pisces can get all caught up in worry. What about this? And what about that? And then if that happens, they, they get caught up in imagining worst case scenarios. And when they do, they miss the now moment of wellness and healing. So mm. I'm going to bottom line it for you, Pisces. This is the time you best be taking care of yourself. Stop chasing after trying to get everybody else's approval or affection. Not a cycle for you to be a people pleaser. You can start that up again if you want to August the 27th at the new moon. Not now. It could be more debilitating than you realize. You may have exhausted your life force, your vital life force resources too much, and that can throw us into that little temporary illness or the flu or the this. You can run yourself into emotional exhaustion. Capricorn, it's your second house. So Capricorn right now is focused with Saturn and the supermoon and Aquarius saying, what do I need to, here comes the Taurus, let go of in my assets? Where am I holding on to too much stuff? Now, it might be really valuable stuff. It might be a collection of cars or guns or jewelry or the, or the world's best, sexiest wardrobe of shoes. But this Aquarius moon is saying it's stuff. And are you really wearing it? Is it being utilitarian? Is it useful? Or are you just addicted to the stuff? Earth signs have to watch getting too attached to earthly stuff. I love, you know, hand-carved furniture as much as anybody, but if I have 14 pieces of it and it's just sitting there collecting dust and it causes me more work to dust it all the time and it's in the way and I stub my toe and, yeah, you know, it's time to maybe bless some other people in your tribe, your friends, your family with some of your collectible stuff because Capricorn's got an opportunity right now as they come to the third week of August to really be able to bust a move and get a whole new vista, a whole new adventure that could make them some fresh new money and they could like liquidate and maybe take a little less money for something in their collection, like sell it at a really fair right price so they free up some uh, capital to be able to invest it in something interested, but, uh, interesting uh, and, and, and to kind of get more of a, a creative combust for them. If you're a Sagittarius, it's third house. Watch what you say. It's how you say, watch what you say, because the third house is all about your neighborhood, your community, uh, sibling rivalry. Um, it, it, it's a lot about how the thrill and the stimulus of a really invigorating conversation can just open doors of wonder. So Sagittarians right now are going, well, they're the ones right now, Nicole, saying, I never connected that. I never looked at that that way. I never saw that that way. That's fantastic. And it's going to be like often with clients, I'll be working in a psychic reading and I'll hear my guides will go click, click. 
and I, and I know that I, that a key just happened from the divine for them to mm. unlock something that's been locked up for a really long time. So lots of unlocking okay. for Sagittarius. I would suggest this, do your due diligence and check, check your fiscal and your legal bylaws and things that are going on, uh, you know, get your facts in order and then just go be around the people that are stimulating to you psychologically and emotionally. If you're a Scorpio, oh, you're so behind the scenes right now, Scorpio. <laughs> There's so many. Your your conversations and your magic is coming from the etherical and the supernatural and the paranormal. There can be so many wonderful uh, sacred moments and conversations. I'd, I'd go so far to say that people with strong Scorpio on their chart right now might have a changing of the guides, like you might be getting a new guardian angel add-on, or you might find that your ability to perceive your guardian angels and your meditations and your Reiki with your yoga, with your Tai Chi, I mean, your breath work, Scorpio, you're not afraid of the paranormal. You're just like, okay, now what do I do with that? Because people are going to think I made that shit up, but they're not going to believe that happened to me. So this is, this moment is for you. Now, if you're a Scorpio, I would not suggest that you abuse the privilege and try to go out there and do dark things. I don't think like it's a good time, Scorpio, for you to say, ooh, that's a haunted, abandoned place over there. Ooh, someone was murdered in that house. Let's go take some electronical equipment and see if we can't get that spirit to talk to us. Mm-mm, not under the Aquarius and the Saturn in Aquarius, because you know what? That demon might go, oh, are you curious? Well, let me go home with you. Let me light up your world in a way that you've never had it lit up before, in a dark way. So do not play with psychism with this with this time frame in middle August. Oh no, no, no! This is not the time, you know, to to usher in fools or foolish behavior. If you're a Libra, you can flirt, which is what Libras love to do. They like to keep it light. They love to have you know human popsicles to play with, lick and enjoy. But they really you know get nervous when it starts to be a serious relationship. So the Libra factor right now. It's wanting to flirt with life. And I can promise you, life is going to flirt back with you. Aquarius gets along with Libra. And guess what? That Taurus conjunction, yeah, well, you know, Taurus and Libra are ruled by Venus. And so Venus is happy right now. She's happy. So, you know, if you're a Libra, then this whole thing of, uh, uh, you know, the Saturn in Aquarius and Mars going into Gemini on the 20th, this is a really good time for Libras to investigate what, what they want to flirt with and what they want to dance with the chance of romance with. So we're not going to spend too much time on Libra because they're going to be busy playing, licking and kissing anyway. So yeah, go get a hairstyle, go get your mani-pedi, go get your favorite scent on your Libra because we know what you're going to be doing. Okay, we can see what you're doing. Okay, if you're Leo, again, blessed Leo New Year, solar return, um, it's a seventh house type of thing. So Leos, Leos feel the weight um, if you're in a committed relationship right now, Leo, you're feeling the weight and the concern of your partner. It's a, you know, if, if Leo's the first house, Aquarius is across the chart in the West. Leo's in the East, and so Aquarius is in the West on the medicine wheel. And so Leo's may be doing just fine and having great birthdays and celebrations without expectation, just everything's a bonus. But it may be that their concerns or there will be some current concerns about their life mate or their significant other. Significant other can be a child that you've been worried about or a grandparent or someone that you work with, like that person hasn't opened up to you, but you can just feel it. You can just sense something's going on beneath the surface. Remember what we said about Scorpio and Pluto? 
some things underneath the surface. And I feel like, Leo, that some of that's going to be revealed by mid-October into November. But for Leo right now, I would check on my significant others, whoever they are, my mother, my father, my grandparents, my kids, my lover, the person that matters the most at work. Just kind of watch what's going on with it. Your, your main key players in your life that are supports with you, let that Leo light lift them up a little bit, be a light, be the lighthouse for them. If you're Virgo, Virgo's opposite Pisces. We talked about Pisces needing to stop being in denial about where they need to take care, better care of themselves. Well, Virgo, it's all about your physical body. It's all about your physical health. Virgos tend to be driven to get stuff done. Like, like they push themselves and they push themselves and they push themselves until all of a sudden it's like, I don't give a damn. I'm going to avoid everybody for the next three days and just sleep. But it's a sixth house type of thing. So it's your pets. It's um, your nutrition. I would suggest people think that Virgos are all into health. Oh, oh no, they're not. I would suggest to Virgos that you want to start eating one thing healthier. And let me teach you one little thing about my 25 years involved with herbs and nutrition. If you could just go find yourself some elderberry tincture or tonic or elderberry jam, that's the number one antiviral in the fruit world. And if you could start to eat more broccoli. So I don't care if you want to chop it up and put it in a salad. I don't care if you want to put hollandaise sauce on it. I don't care if you want to dip raw broccoli instead of potato chips in your favorite salad dressing. Don't worry about the calories of the salad dressing. Just get the broccoli into your system because broccoli and cauliflower are the two most anti-cancerous crucifix vegetables out there. So if you just add one thing, you don't have to take away anything from yourself. Just add that. Just try that for the next couple of months. It gives you fiber. It helps your digestion and your elimination. So Virgo, try that. If you're a cancer, it's the eighth house. Now, all this Taurus stuff gets along with the moon-ruled Cancerian water sign. It's like rain in the mountains or a waterfall or beautiful rocks when you're hiking. But it's the eighth house. So somewhere, somewhere for Cancerian moon child, there's some type of an energetic shift and it might be, it's not easy for cancer and Taurus to let go. It's, it's most difficult for cancer. You know, it's those crab claws. They don't want to let go. So I feel like for you Cancerians out there, there's something to do with an old issue, an old relationship. Your sign seems to be number one for a past relationship and how that maybe didn't end with a full answer for you or it, it ended with some kind of mystery. I feel like in your dreams, Oh, my God, is your astral travel, your dream world going to be active cancer? You of all 12 signs have the best ability to have major dreams anyway, but it's also your sex life. So for Cancerians, it could also be, why in my intimate world were they so hot on me? Or maybe the onus is on you. Why was I so hot on them? And all of a sudden, it's just like, I don't want to be there anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. And they didn't do anything wrong, or you didn't do anything wrong. And when it was hot, it was nice, but it's just something just like, shifted like a light switch. So there's an anomaly there for Cancerians to go through. If you're a Gemini, three more. If you're a Gemini, it's your ninth house. So this Geminis are longing to go to different harbors and shores and landscapes and 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 uh, different vacations. It's like they're they've got their real itch to go be in a completely different city, completely different country, completely different culture. Ninth house can have to do with study too. You don't necessarily have to change your latitude and your longitude. So if you're a Gemini, let me first say that your mind is thirsty. Your soul might be fine, but your mind is thirsty. So your mind's going to push your body to travel. 
That's what's going to happen. So if you want to, there's different kinds of journeys. Maybe you're going to take a course. Maybe you'll read a new book. Maybe you'll take up a new study. But if you're Gemini, that would be what would serve you well with this Saturn and this supermoon in Aquarius. Because this, this supermoon, Nicole, takes us into February when we're going to have the full moon in Leo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, when the sun is, so this is a bridge. What I'm telling you, signs, is our new assignment. Our, for the signs, what's meant to be between August of 2022 into February, before February the 20th of 2023. So what I'm telling you doesn't stop with this August supermoon. Oh, no, it continues for the next six months. So if you're a Taurus, dun, da, 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 it's the 10th house. And when things happen at the zenith, at the midheaven, of the of the star wheel, then this has to do with power players coming into your life. People all of a sudden saying, you know what, Nicole, you know what, you're the very one that I want to have do this. You know what, you're the very one that has the the personality and the patience, and you do you show up on time and you say what you do and you have ethics and you have integrity. So I would say that you Taurus folks out there might find that karma is favoring you very well. Because you care enough, like the old Hallmark card thing used to be, when you care enough to send the very best, then you sent a Hallmark card. So when we were into sending cards, I still like cards. I still think they're beautiful. So that's an old-fashioned thing I like. So the Taurus element is like the old-fashioned, sincere, I'm going to know how to do it the new high-tech way, and I'm also going to know how to do it the backup way if we had an EMP or the, I, I, the power goes out and I don't have a generator, or I know how to chop wood, or I know how to make an old-fashioned phone call or write the letter or whatever. So the old-fashioned part of Taurus and the skill sets and talents that they've built is going to come to favor them. And then finally, Aries. Aries is used to going first. Now they're going last for this forecast. Think about the A-team. Aquarius and Aries work very well together. They're, it's fire and air. So there's a lot of stimulus with that. And it's in your friendship sector, Aries. But I will say for Aries, with all this Taurus stuff, it's kind of hit Aries hard. It's like I've been saying to my Aries client, mm, how's your wallet? Yeah. Because they're saying, they're saying things to me like, wow, I've had one of the hardest financial materialistic shifts and hits that I've had in a long time. But you know what? It woke me up. I saw where I was being complacent. I saw where I was taking it for granted. And you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm coming back bigger, better, bolder. And you need to do that, Aries, because Aries sometimes will get the fire under their butt to go get something done. And then the moment they get the money or the moment something starts to happen, then they want to go play and get high and go frolic and be sexy and all that. And all of a sudden work is like, hey, 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 hey. You know, so this one hit the Capricorn and the Taurus hit them hard enough to where it's like, if you don't want to keep having these big waves of up and down, doors closed, doors open, then start learning how to level it up, which is what Aries has to do anyway, because Aries is about initiation and beginning. Aries don't tend to have a lot of <laughs> follow through. See, yeah. Taurus will stick with it. Capricorn will stick with it. Cancer's going to study it. But Aries and Sagittarius can be like, wee, let's go do this today. And well, wait a minute, you promised me yesterday that you would do this by Wednesday. Yeah, 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 I'll get to it. Then they get mad. Then they get impatient, like, don't question me. If I told you I'd do it, I'd do it, but you said Wednesday. Well, I don't care. It's not going to be Wednesday. So that's catching up with Aries right now. Yeah, yeah okay. that's catching up okay. with them. But the most spotlighted, to finish that, the most spotlighted signs are going to be in this order. Leo, Aquarius, Horus, and Scorpio. That's the ones that are most illumined 
with this super moon, this sturgeon moon, all the way into February of 2023. And, and we'll talk, you know, to make that note to yourself. And then in February of 2023, when we're talking about the full moon in the sign of the lion, instead of its opposite sign of Aquarius, the star bearer, then we'll, it'll be interesting to see how we, we're all going to graduate in February of 2023. We're going to have a big graduation from this six-month trail of adventure. Oh, we need to have a party then. Absolutely. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks so much for taking us through all the signs. I know everyone loves it when you do that, and it's super helpful. And well, it's I, something for everyone. You know, as a cancer rising, your your it very much resonated with me. Very much resonated with me. So yeah, it's yeah. Well, cancer is about. See, we're coming. Cancers, cancers, cancerians, and um, Taurus and Capricorn have really been getting hit by a lot of this stuff, you know. Because when we had that big lineup, the yeah. big stellium, the rare stellium that hadn't happened for seven hundred and sixty-four years or something back in January, January seventeenth of twenty twenty. That really started hitting people with the, the cancer Capricorn factor in their chart. And prior to that, in 2016 and 2017, the nodal points were at Capricorn and cancer. So people that had those cancer risings, Capricorn moons, vice versa, they were really going through life changes. And if any of you with cancer Capricorn risings or moons look back to how much you've grown and how much better you are at boundary setting and how much better you are at being a people pleaser and being so empathic that you get yourself exhausted since 2016, you're sitting there going, whoa, what a four to five year ride. This is, yeah, I can vouch for that. Boundaries have gotten much stronger. (laughs) Yeah. I call myself the queen bitch of boundaries. I can do, (laughs) I can do that. My favorite meme that I found this year that popped up on Instagram was I'm not mean. I'm real. I'm just real. It's like, oh, you know, you think about it. If you don't like my boundaries, then that wall is for you. <laughs> and absolutely, absolutely, you know. And and look at the difference between, uh, look at the difference between a wall, a protective shield of light, our golds and our cobalt blue, and the Pluto factor right now is saying we're coming out of. We're, we're all we're doing is cracking through that eggshell. That that it served its purpose. It was a good thing that the chick was in the egg, the snake was in the egg, the turtle was in the egg, but now it's got to emerge. We were in the womb. That was safe Harbor, but it got crowded and we would, we would perish if we didn't come out of it. You know, the poor mother can only carry us for so long inside her embryonic sac inside the womb. So we have to come out, you know? And so it's work for the little chick, the little bird to come out of the egg or the tortoise to come out of the egg. It's a big deal. I mean, it's, it's, it is fight or flight. It is life threatening. You know, not every chick makes it. Not every little sea turtle makes it. You know, some people disturb the nest Mm -hmm. at the beach, you know. So there's people, there's actual people that sit. When I lived near Indian Rocks, they would go out there and they would actually sit. And I loved it. They took like six-hour shifts and they guarded because the turtles, the sea turtles would come up once a year to do their, there's a commercial on right now. It's got a really good-looking guy, by the way. There's a commercial right now where the guy puts this funny scoop on the back of his Jeep, and he goes and he scrapes at the end of the day all the trash that the lazy-ass human tourists have left on the beach, and he scrapes it all up, and he's going real fast, and then he stops, and he bags up all the garbage and puts it in his SUV or his Jeep to get rid of it. And then there's this handsome Keanu Reeves kind of guy that sits there and grins because he's timed it, and he loves the sea turtles. And here comes all the pregnant turtles, 
and he cleaned the beach for them and they're cleaning and they're and they're nesting and they're throwing the sand over them and then he smiles because then the next the final scene of that commercial is the baby's going back out to mother ocean it's fabulous it's absolutely fabulous it's, i don't know what it is but it's it's a one i think maybe a car commercial but it's awesome it's just awesome <laughs> well it's, i don't it's, care i just i just stare at him because he's good yeah. <laughs> Well, I remember when I used to live in the Cayman Islands, um, that was one of my biggest pet peeves is when I saw the tourists just leaving all their yep. garbage on the beach. Like, how hard is it for you to pick up your garbage and put it in the trash can? There were so many trash bins. And I'm like, you know, this beach is gorgeous for a reason. You don't need to come and leave your trash here and dirty it up. Like, it's, I just don't understand people sometimes. Well, I've lived both on the beach. Well, I don't like that part of humans. I don't like that condescending, self-entitled, rude-ass type of humanoid because I've lived in these mountains and the Smoky Mountains and on the beaches on the west coast of Florida and, and loved the beaches. And, you know, people, when you're local, you realize what they're doing. And, you know, it's the same rule of camping. Whatever you take in, you take out. You don't mm -hmm. leave your toiletry paper. You don't leave your little crackers. And, you know, I, and shame on you, parents. I will cast shame on you parents that let your little kids throw their their popsicle sticks and their wrappers down and you don't, you know, decide to teach your child not to do that. That's the onus is on the guardian or the parent or the tribal elder that should say to them, no, 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 this is our mother nature. There's a reason why you want to come to the mountains. There's a reason why you feel so good at the beach. Respect her. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, I'll tell them. I'm, I'm meaner than you. Do you, Nicole, do you want to, um, do you want to pull a card one, like an Oracle card for uh, the full moon? Let's do, do are that. You okay. Cards? Are you near your cards? Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 do. It's pouring rain right now. I'm hoping I stay on the line with you. Um, let's. You get get grab one of your decks real quick. You'll okay. pick one and I'll pick one. Okay. So okay. I'm gonna like right. mix mine quietly. Um, let's do that. Let's do that with our joint energy. Let's just do it. I'm just gonna do the rider weight, and I'm gonna breathe in like I told you at the beginning of the show. When you're working with any kind of divination, shield yourself in light. Thank your divine angels, your ancestors your elders, all that loves you in the realms of light. And as you just start to swirl or mix or shuffle your cards, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of all hosts, who was, who is, and who shall ever be. Almighty I am. Almighty I am. Almighty I am. Thank you for the supernatural grace and light of this message for the higher good of all concerned. I got the magician. Oh, I got spiritual growth. Same thing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So the magician, again, we were talking about Leo and Aquarius. So the Leo and Aquarius factor, there's yin and there's yang. In astrology, there are six yin feminine magnetic signs, and there are six yang electrical signs. And then when we deal with frequencies, there's the electromagnetic, they blend. Yes, we are electromagnetic frequency creatures but the electrical is the direct you know we have direct current or alternating current but it's it's a charge okay that's the yang vibration and the magnet or drawing down the power of the moon or being the outlet or receiving the energy is the yin so in the tarot the magician is full yang and the high priestess is full yin she's mm -hmm. more the the water element in the earth so here we have and the magician in the rider weight deck is the only major triumph card, they call them major trumps, but I call them major triumphs because they shorten the word, is the only major triumph card that has all four suits on his magician's table. So he has the wand and the sword and the pentacle and, and uh, the cup, which interprets to he has the heart and he has, 
he has the the fire and he has the and he has the spade he has the wand and he has you know the 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 diamond so it, whether it's the four suits of regular cards or the four suits in tarot and it ties into the four seasons of the year so the magician is not bound by any cross quarter day he's not bound by any particular season or suit or sign because he raises his hand up and he has a dual uh, uh, connecting antenna wand, and it's as above, so below. Mm. So it's it's a time. I always say, if you get the magician card, you're you know be very aware of what you ask for. You may get it. Well, and I love this because you can't see it, but um, the card that I'm showing um, the audience right now, it's uh, violet. It's purple, and so it's oh, kind wow. of bringing in that Leo energy, right? The 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 royal the um, violet violets. flame. The violet flame, St. Germain, the violet flame. You know, and the violet flame, you guys should Google it on YouTube or look it up. Uh, The violet flame in St. Germain's teachings, uh, when you go to the crown chakra and you're getting ready to go from the crown chakra and connect up into the heavenlies, as Edgar Cayce and so many taught when you go into the Ascended Master teachings, the violet into the magenta vibrations have to do with the fire, Leo, the fire that does not burn. It's a transmutational fire. So we don't have to get ourselves burned um, or or there doesn't have to be a spontaneous combustion like the phoenix, so to speak, of Scorpio. The violet flame is the ability for us to receive, whether it's electricity or the, or the spirit, it's the spirit flame. And it's the flame that says to us, that's Archangel Zadkiel is the violet flame. So the, the violet flame has more to do with if you don't have to punish yourself to get the lesson anymore. You don't have to sustain a shock or a hit or a loss or a kick in the ass. You don't have to have that. You can simply say, I bow to you, spirit. Thy will be done. I bow to the light. Thank you for allowing me to learn my lessons without getting sick, without having loss, without getting angry. You know, I allow myself to learn this lesson in laughter, in harmony, with joy and in love. I don't have to have pain or shock or anger or sadness be my teachers. That's the only reason they come to us. Mm-hmm. You know, pain comes into our life uh, mentally, psychologically. Phys- if something physically starts hurting you, you'll stop whatever, you, whatever the hell you're doing. You're at work or at the store. Ow! You know, if something hurts, you're going to stop. Pain's, pain's a powerful teacher. So when you can make that transformational shift with the violet flame and say, I promise I'll get out of just just my human modality and I'll allow the sacred star that I am. I'll allow my higher self to have final say and clear voice and I will abide and I will surrender to the will of that which is of the highest good yeah. instead of our egos. That's what the violet is. And that's why it says spiritual growth. Yeah. And, and I, I always, you know, feel like Aquarius is all about us really bringing in our higher self, like marrying that higher self energy into this now and allowing that to guide us. And, and so it really makes sense with the crown chakra being purple, violet, and then having all that energy of that divine wisdom coming through right now with the full moon and Aquarius. If they go on YouTube or they go just on the internet, whatever you like, DuckDuckGo or whatever search engine you like, and type in Violet Merkaba, M-E-R-K-M-E-R-K-A-B-A, the spiritual body of light, type in a Violet Merkaba. They probably got on Pinterest too. And just gaze at that image if, as you do like maybe three to five minutes of deep breathing. 
Let's breathe in that image and see yourself in that. Some people say Merkaba, I say Merkaba, but see yourself in that violet color and you're inside that sacred geometry of the Merkaba, which means the spirit body of light. Merkaba goes back in Phoenician and Egyptian times, the Merkaba, Merkaba. And just see that. And that puts you visually and psychologically and emotionally in alignment with your multidimensional spiritual self. It puts you right in alignment with that. And if you put your physical eyes on it, your pineal gland and your third eye automatically recognize the violet flame. It recognizes, you know, the, the Merkaba symbol and allow yourself to be one with that divine vehicle because that gives you an instant chakra and an instant of full body alignment. Yeah. And so for this full moon, I would say it sounds like, you know, the full moons are all the about quickening. illumination, letting go. And so this is about really letting go of the thing that's holding you back right now. Yep. Really yep. Kind of and even though that letting go is familiar, Nicole, remember yeah. it's, it, it, there are resistance is we've always done it like that. We yes. always fall in love like that. We always have liked sex like that. We've always gotten angry just like that. So the, nothing can trigger us unless it already lives within us. Mm-hmm. So we got to look at what's living within us. And that's the quickening. That's the quickening of Aquarius. Yes, yes, absolutely. So Mary, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great. I love your you energy. Yeah, yeah, I love your energy. Love you guys out there. You have such a lovely audience. And thank you all for supporting Nicole. I invite you to experience a reading with her as well as myself because Nicole and I work very, very well together and we love your light and we'll help your light grow. Yeah, well, I'll leave, of course, everyone, I'm going to leave Mary's details in the show notes below. And uh, guys, I love you so much. Enjoy the full moon. Really focus on what you need to let go of. Don't be afraid to let go of it. It's comfortable and cozy for a reason. It's time to shed the teddy bear in the blanket and move on into something grander. I love you guys, and I'll be back with you next week. Thanks again for joining me for another show on the Enlighten Up podcast. I love you guys so much for all of your continued support. So remember to raise your vibe, find your tribe and be open to the infinite possibilities held in the mysteries that surround us all. Thanks again for sharing the show with your family and friends. And if you're new to the show and you need to find out more information about me, please head on over to my website, NicoleFrolic.com, where you can join my newsletter. And please follow me on Instagram, Telegram, and YouTube. Keep your light bright and I'll see you next week.